The EP Podcast. Heard everywhere podcasts can be found. And always at theeppodcast.com. And belly on up to the nine-foot homemade oak bar here in my basement. Pour yourself a cold one. My name is Chris, and I'm one of your neighbors, and this is the EP Podcast. The weekend update with a special guest today, Doc Mathias. Principal over at Queen of Martyrs made the news this week. Maybe you heard about it. It was really probably the biggest story on the South Side. He joins me on this episode in just minutes. This episode, just like every other episode of the EP Podcast, brought to you by the First National Bank of Evergreen Park, located in that iconic building on the corner of 95th and Pulaski. Remember, you can teach your kids about money and show them the importance of saving. Get a Junior Savers account from First National Bank of Evergreen Park, and with that account, kids earn interest on every dollar they deposit so they can watch their money grow. Show your children how rewarding saving can be. Learn more at bankevergreenpark.com slash juniorsavers slash EP or stop in, get an EP podcast car magnet right there at the bank. No minimum required to open, member FDIC. We've got a big guest today. I think a lot of people are going to listen to this episode. If you didn't hear the story, I'll fill you in on it. Early this week, the principal of Queen of Martyrs School in Evergreen Park, Jacob Doc Mathias, everybody calls him Doc, I called him Doc when he was my teacher back at Brother Rice. Doc sent out an email to parents telling them that he was going to make Queen of Martyrs mask optional. Now, he did this before the Archdiocese decided to do so. And a lot of people think that what he did may have started the wheel turning a little bit faster because later on that night, the Archdiocese of Chicago joined every other archdiocese in the state of Illinois by making mask optional, at least for suburban Cook County, with the exception of two suburbs and then also the city of Chicago. That means some of you listening to my voice right now have kids in a school that's mask optional, and some of you don't. And many of you are on the social media having an awful lot of arguments about it. So before we go into this show and before we get to Doc, let me put on some calming music for everybody. Hold on. There we go. And let's just come to an understanding here. Here at the EP Podcast, we cover everything going on in and around Evergreen Park. It's a service to the community. When the mayoral election occurred, we covered the candidates. When COVID first broke out, we had on medical experts. We talked to local business leaders. We talked to local politicians that were making policy. We had Dr. David Beckman on this program. The good doctor has an office over on Western Avenue. He broke down all the data, and when the data would change, he would explain it. Unfortunately, Dr. Beckman is no longer going to be coming on the EP podcast to talk about COVID. I want to read a text message that I got from him this week in light of everything going on, especially with the debate over masks in schools. He told me I could read this. That's the only reason I'm sharing it with you. Hi, Chris. I don't know if I can talk about COVID anymore. It has become so politicized now. People claim that science changed. They cite no evidence to support those statements. Fatally flawed studies to promote messages are used by the CDC. People around here act like everyone is masking 
all the time when we are only one of six states in the entire country with indoor mask mandates. And most of Western Europe never masked kids under 12, and they were fine. And then to top it all off, my six-year-old happily and excitedly went to school without a mask. And one of his classmates asked, your mom doesn't believe in science? It has become so divisive an issue at this point. I won't stop educating and discussing COVID and other health issues with all of my patients on an individual basis, but to talk publicly now, it seems that people have made up their minds on where they stand. Evidence be damned. I appreciate the opportunity you've given me to come on your show and discuss these topics. It's been cathartic, and I hope I helped some people who were nervous or unsure of what to do. I'm happy to come on your show to discuss any other health topics, but with COVID, I'm done. It's time to move on. That is from the good doctor who you have heard on this show over the last couple of years many times. He has always been level-headed, and nothing he said in that text is untrue. And if you want to hear the latest on everything, we just had him on a month ago. You can get it on demand right here on the EP Podcast across any podcast player or at the eppodcast.com. I invite you to listen to it. There is no way that everybody will listen to this episode with Doc Mathias on it and feel the same way. And you know what? I understand that, and I respect it. In the end, we're all at different points in this. We've all had different experiences during it. When my kids cough, I cringe. I've been doing it since they were little kids, since they were babies. I hate it when my kids are sick. I'm a hypochondriac. My wife makes fun of me on a weekly basis when I find something that might be wrong and immediately decide that it's cancer or I'm dying. But I have listened to the doctors and I have looked at the studies and I felt confident enough in those studies to send my kids to school on Thursday without a mask. I'm not upset with people that send their kids with one or without one. I also believe that with N95 mask and vaccines, people now have the opportunity to protect themselves. And I was curious, what actually happened in my kid's school the first day that masks were optional? Is it split 50-50? Is it a majority one way or another? Well, in most Holy Redeemer, and I can only go off of what I saw when the kids walked out and from both of my boys, my youngest told me two masks in a room of 20 students. 18 of them opted out of wearing the mask, or their parents did. And in the 6th, 7th, and 8th grade, your junior high, my son reported he could name all three kids that wore a mask. The rest of the parents decided to send their kids without one. And it was a rarity that I saw a kid walk out of the building when the kids were released from school wearing a mask on Thursday at Holy Redeemer. Debate is great. And you may agree with what Doc Mathias did this week, and you may be very upset about it. All I ask you to do is listen. We will start talking to Doc Mathias in mere moments, right here on the EP Podcast. It is now time for your weekend weather here on the weekend update brought to you by Leapforth Law. Larry Leapforth, a close personal friend of mine, practiced law in the south suburbs for decades here out of Evergreen Park and a former president of the Southwest Bar Association. 
He has brought in big settlements for personal injury lawsuits and also handles criminal defense, real estate, probate, and corporate law. For justice, equality, and trust, reach out to Larry at 708-499-6300 or visit leadforthlaw.com. The day this episode comes out, Friday the 11th, 43 is your high, and then it's going to drop down into the teens overnight. Highs in the low 20s, lows in the teens all weekend long before we get into the mid-30s on Monday. No snow, no rain expected. That's a good thing. Back in the early 90s, I was a student at Brother Ice High School, and my science teacher, actually biology teacher, was Jacob Doc Mathias. Earlier this week, he sent out an email to parents of students at Queen of Martyrs Grammar School at 103rd and Central Park in Evergreen Park, telling them that he was going mask optional, even though the archdiocese was not. In fact, in the letter, he said, I expect swift retribution. And that came very quickly. He's currently on administrative leave. Meanwhile, later on that evening, the archdiocese changes their rule for suburban Cook County schools. So Doc's school is currently mask optional. So is Most Holy Redeemer as well. They are the first schools in Evergreen Park and this area to do so. And this story got so big that if you Google it, you can see places around the country picking up the article and running it in their local areas. Joining me on the phone line right now, Doc Mathias. How are you, Doc? Great, Chris. Thank you so much for the opportunity to be on your program. Well, thanks for coming on. And, and I got to tell you, I don't know what's weirder. Um, and you tell me, is it weirder that I used your first name for the first time, I think, in my entire life? Because I, I and I think anybody that's ever met you just knows you as Doc. Or is it weird that 30 years after you met me, uh, in high school, you're being interviewed by me on something called a podcast that can be listened to on demand around the world on a myriad of devices we could have never even imagined in the early 90s. Well, I'm, I'm going to go with option C. And option C is that uh, I've, I've taken 70 trips around the sun and I've never had any notoriety whatsoever. Happily, I've never had any notoriety, I, something I've never strived for. Uh, when I undertook, uh, the action that I undertook, uh, last Tuesday morning, I undertook that action to ameliorate a situation in my school. I, I, I mean, I can't control anything other than what's going on in my school. And, uh, I had no idea of the flood of emotion that that would release. Um, it, the focus was on, the focus was on the kids and, um, somehow it's been turned on the focus has been turned on me and I, and, and I, I'm, I'm not happy about that. I, I truly am humbled and thankful for the support that I've, I've received from so many people, not just the wonderful folks in my parish and my school communities, but from all over the state of Illinois and some folks that are not even in the state of Illinois. So this is, uh, this is something that uh, I, I was not looking for, but uh, I, I am grateful that uh, that there's been an outpouring of relief and, and joy that parents have a choice on, on how they can send their, their kids to school. Yeah, you know, you started something, I feel like, and I know you're a humble guy, and uh, and I'm sure you would tell me that I'm wrong here, but you know, I'm, I'm a parent that has kids in Catholic school. Now, I have, I have one over at Macaulay that since it falls inside of the city of Chicago— 
they are not mask optional yet. But the archdiocese has now made it for uh, suburban schools, not in uh, Chicago or Evanston or Oak Park. It, it's you know complicated. They believe that there's things that are put in place that don't allow them to do it. But in Evergreen Park, where your school is and where my kids go to school, they go over to Holy Redeemer. I have two of them. That my two boys are in Redeemer. Things changed. On Thursday, they were able to go mask optional. Both my kids went without one. And and I saw a lot of kids going in the building, smiling, excited. I saw teachers uh, that looked like they were happy to see their faces. And I, you know, I understand that people are on a different end of the spectrum here. But what you did seemed to have sparked something. I looked at social media and watched what was going on in the news and looked at the response of the archdiocese after just within a a day beforehand, they had basically been saying this isn't going to happen for a while and things changed so quickly. I feel like you had a massive impact. Do you feel that way? I I truly do not, Chris. Um, I think it was more coincidental than, than me having an impact. I don't know. I, I, I just don't have an answer because I, I don't know for, for sure. Uh, but uh, but what I heard earlier was it, it sounded like you said that you have uh, kids that are going to Most Holy Redeemer, and we need to talk about that uh, after we're off the air here. So. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm, I'm kidding. Listen, Doc, Dan Turney over there is a, a nice guy, right? I've met him a couple of times. But that that job opening was open at the exact same time as what was going on at Martyrs. When you got hired at Martyrs, I was like, "How do we miss out on Doc?" No offense, but I was like, "Oh no, no. I think I think they're probably the same thing." God, we, we didn't go after this guy, but <laughs> but you know what? Dan Dan Turney is a is a great friend and colleague, and uh, I'll tell you what. Uh, your kids are in the second best place that they possibly can be <laughs> next to, next to Queen of Martyrs. <laughs> great friends, great guy. But, uh, but to get back to the point, no, you know, I, I, tr- I truly, if I really, if I felt like I had kind of stirred a movement, I, I, I would, uh, I would say so, but I, I, I do question that, but in some small way, uh, at least I was able to touch the, the people that depend on me. They depend on me to do the right thing. You know, there's a uh, uh, axiom in uh, in education. I think it's actually legal doctrine in, in local parentis. It, it means that when when parents turn their kids over to their administrators and teachers at their school, the teachers, because of the absence of their parents, become their parents. And it's something that I've taken my, my whole, my whole educational life. I've taken very, very seriously. And there I am. I'm, I'm their dad. I'm, I'm their, I'm their dad there. And, uh, I've, I've watched the struggles and I'm not going to throw a blanket over everybody, but there were kids that were struggling. The, uh, the, the difficulties that are rising more and more in, uh, developing speech patterns and, and uh, the, the uh, rising rate of speech impediments, the uh, the social emotional aspect. I, I got to the point, Chris, where I just I felt I I had to do something. This this little nobody principal in this small school in Evergreen Park, Illinois. Who? How? How can I expect that this is going to draw any attention? I wasn't looking for the attention. I just did what I thought I had to do for my kids and for their parents. So why don't we go through real quick the decision that you made just for all the people that are listening, because it, 
everybody has a different view on this. And I think that the, the hardest thing for people to understand is that your view may be different from somebody else's because you're at a different stage or you've had a different experience over the last couple of years. I mean, I will admit that early on in this pandemic, when we didn't know what was going on, I stood inside of the church. You can ask Father Marty about what happened because the EP podcast was recording the masses for Queen of Martyrs and for Most Holy Redeemer and sending them out on our feed when nobody could go to church. And I got into an argument with a guy who wasn't wearing a mask who came too close to me. And I was like, back off, man. I got a kid with asthma. And I had an argument inside the church. Okay. I mean, I have had my times when I've been very nervous and very worried about what is going on, but I've also had, you know, doctors on this show, people who listen to this show, know that Dr. David Beckman from over on Western Avenue here in Evergreen Park has been on throughout the entire pandemic and talked about the science behind things and the studies that are there. I know that the first time I went out someplace and didn't have a mask on, I felt nervous. I had to get used to the entire idea after not doing it. But I also know that it's important to continue to educate yourself on the science because it continues to change. That's what science does. You are a biology teacher. I think you understand that more than anybody, that a theory that occurs or a, a study that comes out two years ago may not be the same as what they've learned at this point. So what did you see that made you feel comfortable with the idea that these kids could take their mask off inside of the school and that the the restrictions were worse than the actual virus. I can point to a poignant moment um, some weeks ago, perhaps perhaps a month, uh, that really that really crystallized it in my mind. In addition to everything that I just talked about with the, the social emotional uh, difficulties and the and the speech difficulties, I was uh, uh, just exiting my office um, and. Uh, Forgive me, I can't remember uh, if it was a pre-K class or a kindergarten, my kindergarten class. Um, they were down near my office uh, for the restroom break. And uh, so a beautiful little girl uh, comes out of the restroom to get in line with her with her classmates, and she didn't have her mask on yet. And, and Chris, I, I looked at her, and I didn't know who it was. Yeah. She, she put her mask on. And I knew her immediately. And I said, oh, dear God, <laughs> I think I think in addition to everything else that I'm hearing, I'm reading, something's got to change. And 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 I, I would I would never point fingers at the good folks at the archdiocese. But if they're guilty of anything, in my humble opinion, in my humble opinion, personal opinion, the, the thing that they were guilty of is. There, there's no cookie cutters and educators should understand that there is, there are no cookie cutters. Every situation individually and collectively is different. I thought the mistake that they made was not giving each school the autonomy to make a call for their community, for their specific demographic. And, and I, I think they failed in that regard. And, and, and again, that's my opinion. I, I'm, I may very well be wrong on that. But all of that stuff was rattling around in my head. And uh, it, it, it kind of uh, it kind of came to a head this past weekend as uh, the Archdiocese uh, delivered communications to uh, they, they send communications out to usually uh, school leaders first, the principals, and then they'll go out to faculty and staff and, and then they'll go out to parents. 
they anticipated there could be some pushback from uh, maintaining the mask mandate after the, uh, I think it was Sangamon County judgment uh, downstate. They anticipated um, that there could be some pushback, that there would be some pushback to some greater or lesser degree, and uh, they they provided some recommendations uh, for how to handle handle that. And I'm like, okay, I, I think... I think I have personally now reached critical mass. They're acknowledging that this is going to be un, unpopular in face of everything else that I have discussed with you. And collectively, Chris, uh, it, it, all of that data, I just collated in my head and I just, it was time. It, w- it was time. So Sunday night, I actually composed the letter that uh, perhaps many of your listeners have seen. Uh, I know you've seen it. Uh, I was my intent was to send that out on Monday evening after I had uh, I had cleaned it up a bit parts of the day on Monday. I was going to send it out on on Monday night, and uh, for reasons that I I, I I hesitate to to share with uh, your listeners right now, uh, perhaps another time. Um, but I, I hesitated to see what the next twenty four hours would bring, and uh, it it was it was a bad choice. So I. I went into my office and I sent that out on Tuesday morning. That's why if you look at the letter, you'll see that it says tomorrow, um, Tuesday, February 8th. And it actually went out on February 8th. So I, I forgot to correct the syntax there. And uh, so, so that's what, if, you, if you detected a uh, discrepancy, that, that's why I meant it to go out on Monday night. So now, and, and here's the thing. Uh, we've, had, we've had doctors on this show. I think that in the end, I think most people who've looked at the data can see that you have children at such a low risk. You have um, now with the Omicron virus, the cloth masks are not the effective thing that we thought that they were uh, back when we were with the other strains. And like you said, you're watching the effect that it's having on children. The question I have for you, because I'm really curious about this just as a parent back around like in December, I started laughing with my, my wife. I, I hope nobody takes offense to this, but I thought it was kind of ridiculous. I got an email Every day that there was a kid in one of my kids' classrooms that had COVID. And by the, by the end of the two or three weeks, I was like, the whole class has had it. I was like, the whole class has gotten this, even with all the mitigations. They've all gotten it. And they get sick. And generally, and, and with vast amounts of children, they get sick. They get better. They come back to school. It's not the same for them as it is for older people. Did you see something like that as well and say, I don't think these things are making very much of a difference, but I know it makes a difference for the well-being of my kids if they can actually take them off? Well, to answer the first part of your question, I absolutely did see that, like like my colleague Dan over at uh, MHR. Um, I, I was in the, the same uh, cycle almost every day. I was sending a letter to, we, w- we would send two letters, uh, one to the greater school community that there's a positive case in the school and one specifically to the parents of the uh, of the grade that that happened in. Uh, I, I, I won't say it happened every day for any period of time, but there, there were there were I, I believe I did have two or three days in a row. And and to address the second part of of your question or your point that you made, I did notice that uh, most of the time, if 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 the kids that pop positive did show symptoms, they were at worst, thank the good Lord, they were at worst mild. And after seeing this for, for, the, for the course of a number of weeks, and then it started to push months, uh, it's like, well, 
okay, a lot of them are not even showing symptoms. We have them on what started as a 14-day quarantine, down to 10, down to 7, down to 5. So after the five days, they, they came back and, and, and they were just fine. So, yes, that was more data that was rattling around in my head and more rationale that I, I needed to to process. So um, I, my uh, my brother and sister principals in, in, in the area and, of course, all over Chicago, um, we, we were all perceiving the same kinds of things, I'm sure. And I certainly do not want to speak for them. I wouldn't presume to do that. But... Uh, uh, as it pertains to what you see, you've seen at uh, MHR, yes, uh, we, we were doing pretty much the same thing. All right. So what do you think is going to happen here? You're on administrative leave right now, but the thing is they went to the policy that you were trying to enact within like a couple of hours after they, they put you on administrative leave. Do you think that it's broken right now between you and the archdiocese, or do you think that it could be mended and you might be able to return to Queen of Martyrs? You know, I... I I, I, that's a hypothetical. It's really, really hard to argue. All I'll say is, you know what? Uh, gospel values, uh, forgiveness, redemption, love. We'll see. We'll see. I got one more thing for Doc coming up here in just a moment. This is the EP Podcast. Quitting smoking is hard, and not everyone is going to find success with the same product. Luckily, for those of you on the South Side, there's Cool Clouds Vapor Shop. Since 2014, Cool Clouds Vapor Shop has been offering a variety of electronic cigarettes and e-liquids, helping adult smokers find the right fit when looking for an alternative. And there's nothing like walking in there and finding a large range of devices you can use. They even have a tester bar with over 150 incredible flavors to choose from. Reed, Bridget, and their staff provide a welcoming environment where smokers can come and have an honest conversation about their smoking habits and their goals. And now Cool Clouds offers a range of CBD products that can help with pain, inflammation, anxiety, sleep, New customers receive 10% off in Evergreen Park at 3837 West 95th Street, Tinley Park at 7899 West 159th Street, or University Park, 1303 Hamilton. Adult smokers, visit Cool Clouds Vapor Shop today, providing quality products at reasonable prices and the best customer experience possible. Doc Mathias, I appreciate you coming on. I can't let you go, though, without telling some stories. Do you mind if I, I just, I wanted to. Oh, geez. Oh, here we go. I, well, I had, a, I had a guy that came over this morning for something else here at, at the studio. He was recording a podcast for his company, and, and he goes, and I said, oh, I got Doc Mathias coming on. And he goes, oh, did, will he remember you? Because I told him that I had you in school. I'm like, I don't know how he's going to forget me. I, because, and I'll tell these two stories, and I'll see whether or not Doc remembers them. So I have a white, I have a White Sox jersey, first of all, hanging down here that I eventually put Frank Thomas's name and number on because he was my favorite player back then in the early 90s. My daughter wears the jersey and you had this all school raffle where guys were buying like 40 tickets at a time. And I was one of those kids that never had any money on him, like never any money on him. And you start giving me a hard time while I'm sitting in your biology class. Like, Lenuti, you're you're a White Sox fan. Like, why don't you have it? And I'm digging through my pockets and I am able to buy one ticket the day that you do the drawing you have this giant <laughs> bowl of the entire school you mix the thing like crazy you stick your hand in you pull it out and you got chris lanuti on there the whole class goes nuts and starts screaming this is ridiculous after they all bought all these tickets and i got i had the one ticket and i end up winning the jersey i'm sorry we were both fortunate that we survived that day chris yeah they the thought way. it was fixed they thought it was fixed doc they thought you <laughs> you helped me get the jersey and it was it, i watched you do it you spun that thing around you must have great sleight of hand if you fixed it but the other thing 
thing, and I'm, I have a picture of it because it was in the yearbook, and I'm going to dig it out today so we can put it on social media when I post this show. I won a raffle to shave Doc Mathias's head once at a pep rally in front of the entire school at Brother Rice. And I, uh, I remember when I walked up to you after I was drawn, you were giggling and you wouldn't move your lips and you said under your breath, you better not cut me with that thing. And I was so <laughs> nervous. I was so nervous. And you, and you didn't. And the good one. Yeah, everybody's screaming. I'm like, if I cut him, he's going to kill me. I'm like, I, 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 I was so nervous cutting your head. And I, But I, do you, I'm sure you remember me shaving your head. I absolutely. That's <laughs> an, uh, one of those unforgettable moments out of, uh, out of Brother Rice, for sure. Did you have great regret when uh, you realized that uh, somebody was actually going to do that? Like when, they, when, when you decided to do this or if somebody convinced you to do it, did you have regret at that moment when the, I think the first thing I did is I went right down the middle uh, because I mean, what else are you going to do when you're going to shave somebody's head? I just put a streak <laughs> right down the middle of your head at that moment. Did you feel regret? No, no, no. It, it, it's it's kind of like the decision I made on, on Tuesday. Um, you, you know what? I knew what I was getting myself into. So <laughs> I was committed. <laughs> that's, that's why I wasn't surprised. I was not. When I read that thing and when I saw what you did, I wasn't surprised because you know what? I mean, look, you're a vet. Yeah, you you and then you did 43 years at Brother Rice High School from what I read. I didn't know it was that long, but holy cow, congratulations to you. That's that's an incredible accomplishment. And then you go and you become a principal. But in my experience with you, you're a guy, you believe in something, and then when you know that you believe in it, you're not concerned about what the consequences are. If you believe it's right, right is right. And that was what I took the moment that I read it, and I was like, this is the kind of person I would have always expected this from, and you didn't let me down, Doc. Thank you, Chris. Thank you for that. Look, don't be a stranger. I- I'm hoping that you get yourself reinstated there, and in six months to a year, you're down here at the Nine Foot Homemade Oak Bar, and we're just talking about some fun ex- uh, event going on at Queen of Martyrs. Sound good? That sounds awesome. Chris, thank you so much for the opportunity. God bless you, my friend. Look at all those people in this great suburb. Driving down 95th and Ked Z. What a great place. It's called Evergreen Park, but we know it better as the EP. We're known for more than just the Unabomber. Remember Ted Kaczynski? You guys might even remember that big old rooster on 95th Street. It's all part of EP's history. So listen up to the EP Podcast. You might be asking why. Because we talk about all things and we celebrate all the great things in the 60805. It's the EP Podcast. All things Evergreen Park. It's the EP Podcast. Evergreen Park.